Welcome to Getting to the Truth in This Art. I am your host, Rob Lee. And today, my next guest is a Baltimore-based designer, entrepreneur, and all-around creative. Please welcome Terrence Diggs. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Rob. Glad to be here. I know we had our little chat before coming in, but I'm excited to get through this. Like like any of the other, I guess you could say, fans of the program, I've been looking and watching and just like kind of cycling through. And I'm glad I can finally get to get up on here and speak with you because I was like, man, I really got to I got to speak with Rob somehow. I got to I got to I got to put myself forward and then, uh, really get to talk with you. So I'm glad we made this happen today. Absolutely. Thank you for, for coming on. It's always um it's this thing I've been kind of rocking with that this is a um, a love letter, really. This this podcast serves as a love letter to just really people who are making Baltimore and just pretty much whoever I'm interviewing, whether it be Baltimore, whether it be outside of Baltimore, are you making the place that you're in? Are you contributing to it in a way? Are you being part of that art scene, entrepreneurial scene, mm. and just kind of driving that culture? And it's just like, yo, let's do it. Let's make it happen. Gotta love it. So, Give me, hit me with the vital stats. What's uh, D17? I read your operation started in 2016, but what, what inspired <laughs> that start? Give me, give me the rundown. Yeah, I wish I wish I had waited another another year to really launch it just to kind of keep the numbers up. But yeah, yeah. D17 is like my, I guess you say, streetwear and lifestyle kind of brand. Um, started back in August of 2016, but kind of was always an idea that I've always had. Um, kind of growing up really have always been, you know, starting out one of the kids that would be tracing comic books and everything. And then as you start to really learn how to get into the tools, like in high school, um, I remember like remaking people's profile pictures, you know, for their, for their Facebook and everything. Um, but once I got into high school, that's really where I kind of, you know, started to build that kind of foundation for it. Um, it was more or less not really, something tangible yet, but that foundation was kind of there. So kind of the name D17, my name's Terrence Diggs and the D just kind of, you know, for my last name. And the 17 was my number that I played sports in high school. So um, back at Oakland Mills High School in Columbia, Maryland, I played golf, lacrosse, I ran track and field, I played basketball. And, you know, being back in those days, we really always talked about, you know, the brotherhood, teamwork, community, um, going beyond just playing the sports, even if it was mentoring the kids on JV, you know, going out in the community, whether it is, you know, if we were playing teams in the county, teams in the city, really kind of making those connections and going forward. And, you know, when I was designing, once I got into college, um, I had a little bit of a, I guess you could say, independent design studio called Digsy 17 Productions. That was the name of it. Um, and I was making cover arts for artists in the city. Back at, uh, back at Towson University, I was kind of going around designing the merchandise for the community events at the school and everything. Yeah. And I remember every time, this is like right when Instagram and Twitter and people are really trying to get on uh, those for their businesses. But people would always ask me, they'll say, oh, how's D17 doing? I was like, are you talking about this? Are you talking about my studio or something? Because at first I was really pushing the studio. And then um, I'd always loved sneakers. That's always been my thing. You know, my grandmother always was that type of woman that was always picky about our sneakers growing up. Um, and I always loved, of course, like Jordans and, you know, Nikes and eventually to the Adidas, New Balances, the Asics, Sacconis, Brooks, all that. And then that's when I just jumped into the clothing thing full time. It's funny because we actually started the, the, the trial release in 2016, but didn't really hit the e-commerce until 2017. So it kind of lined up a little bit, but yeah. yeah. So, you know, being able to take that love for sports, for design, for fashion, for culture and community and kind of tying it all together is kind of what D17 really is. That's great. It's great. It's uh, taking uh, people throw around the term uh, what their ethos is. It's mm -hmm. like taking these different things that, like, really, when you get down to the root of it, if you will, right? It's like, why do you do what you do? And you just was able were able to articulate that. A lot of people say, "Oh, I just like designing stuff." Mm -hmm. I think it could sell. It's like, no, it takes in multiple things. And I, I love that you keyed in on the, the the brotherhood that's associated with like sports. Like, literally, there is an element of look. This is like my my brother, and you know, this is my this is that de de degree of connection. And people miss that a lot of times. It's like, mm -hmm. oh. You just play with it. it's like sometimes these relationships, these these connections last for a long time. You're out there, you know, you might be taking a pick for a person. You might, you know, be like 
man, get off my mans, man. You know, it's it's literally you're in a battle. And I, I definitely envy that. I was never really a, an athlete or anything, but I kind of understand the logic around like sports and the logic around like kind of trying to extend it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I know like even right now, I'm still friends and close friends with these guys to this day. Like, you know, I, one of my, my teammates got married a couple years ago. You know, it's, it's so weird kind of talking about it when you're like 15, 16, and now you're like in your twenties and guys get in their thirties and really still keeping those connections. And it's crazy because the little bit of the duality from it a little bit. So when I was playing lacrosse, I was actually the president of the art honor society at the <laughs> same time. So um, it, it's kind of weird when you think about it, like, you know, like the movie, like high school musical, like, Oh, he plays yeah. basketball, but Oh, he's secretly a singer type of thing. Like yeah. I was one of the guys that were painting murals in the cafeteria and I'm going out to hit people all Friday yeah. night and everything. So it definitely was cool kind of be able to see that. And I think, a lot of people really were able to branch out some of their other creative avenues, um, especially if it was teammates. Cause even we had other guys that, you know, they were playing basketball, but they were also taking photography or guys that were mm-hmm. doing, you know, they're playing football and playing in fine arts. So it's like, you know, being able to see those guys and not only were we, but we were able to take from on the field to either portraying it in the art or taking the art and bringing it on the field, you know, if it is, you know, uh, dancing or, you know, being athletic and, and moving with fluidity, not saying that we're going to take you yeah, know, yeah. design skills and take them on to the field. But even that fashion part, like, you know, I remember one thing at a friend that played basketball and now, you know, people today like put their shorts in their socks kind of a thing. Yeah. I remember I had a friend that played basketball and I remember he was like, yeah, everyone's putting their shorts in their socks. He mind, this was like 10 years ago. And I was like, what are you doing? And then now I see it everywhere. And I was like, man, I remember just little small things. If it was like, you know, with sneaker culture, like, you know, getting foams the day before the game so we can wear them before school, but we might switch them out. Or, you know, I remember uh, a Christmas release, like Jordan bread 11s, like people were dying to get them the morning before winter break so they can wear them to the basketball game later that evening. Just, and then, just a stunt, just a little bit. Oh yeah. Cause I, I was definitely one of them that I'm like, man, I, if, if only I had grabbed them at the raffle and then like everyone <laughs> in the stands has the shoes on and I'm over here and like, you know, trying to get everyone getting foams like metallic blues or something. Yeah. And I have like air max wavies on <laughs> that my mom, my shoes real quick. <laughs> yeah. And I, it's, it's, it's one of those things like going back to it, that convergence of the 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 jock per se. Right. Mm-hmm. And the the art person having that that overlap, because a lot of times people it's almost like if you're an athlete, you can't be a creative. You can't have an interest in that. And that's always felt weird to me. And it's always this joke like, oh, new sports ball. Mm-hmm. It's like you can be both like. I look like, like I'm six, four, like I, you know, like I look like an offensive lineman. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's like, but I always gravitated towards the creative stuff and I was terrible at sports, but it's like, you should be able to do this. It's like, nah, I'd rather just write this sonnet real quick and do that. Um, but I feel like it's, it's, it's room for an autobiography called like paint stains and grass stains mm-hmm. <laughs> doing it to you. Thanks. Definitely. So in, in that, designer background that you have Mm. can you can you walk us to through your creative process and do you kind of get that vision right away and and granted i know that you're working within the parameters of certain things because you're remind us who you work who you were working for uh working with doing that designing for Mm. but do you see that right ahead or is it something that as you're working it comes to you when you're designing let's say a piece of sportswear for yourself or whether um people you've worked for in the past yeah i'll say i'll say kind of definitely coming off my uh, previous position over at asics i was on their sports style side so kind of their lifestyle gel like threes um really trying to push into some of those narratives i think from that end the creative process really kind of starts from you know, not only trying to get from that e-commerce side, but how we can really tackle a lot of those areas, whether it's sneakerheads, style individuals, people, if we're looking at, you know, Western cultures, what are people wearing on the East Coast where they were on the West Coast? What are people wearing in the UK? What are they wearing in Japan? Kind of seeing that holistic global view. Um, and I still love those guys. I hope that they listen to it and they they know that I miss them dearly over at my A6 days. But 
I know now, um, kind of going through D17 with the creative process, it really starts with me um, kind of looking back almost. Like I know everyone always looks back. I know when they start making clothing brands, they're always like, oh, there was always a shirt that I wanted back in the day. Now I can make it now. Or there's something that I liked back in the day. Now I can remix it in a way that kind of feels personal to them. But I know in my creative process, sometimes I'll hit stuff right away. Sometimes I I could be on a run and for some reason I'll like look at the sky and I'm like, oh, this would be a beautiful Pantone for graphic. I have to you know, take a picture with my phone and like try to put it in Photoshop and see what's popping up, um, like hex codes and everything's. But sometimes it could be, you know, something I'm kind of pondering on or I kind of think about it so I know recently uh, we started the the D17 Run Club uh, last mm-hmm. summer during the pandemic. So it, that was one of those things that it didn't come to me right away. And uh, shout out to my friend Jorge that when I was making kind of the logo for it, it sucked. It was awful. Like it was bad. But even kind of going through that, there w- I didn't have really a direction for it. Like what mm-hmm. what do I want to get out of this more than it just being t-shirts I say running on it what can we really think about outside of you know if it is the branding the colors if it is you know what's really going to be the activation of it um and really trying to piece through not only if it is going to be you know we're going to stick with these colors with red white and black because that's you know what the brand is showing energy and you know really power with the athletics and in in the clothing if it is going to be you know adding additional you know, ways to do the marketing. Are we going to do it through video and commercial? Are we going to do it through events or influencers? Um, kind of taking that next step in the creative process and kind of involving some of that marketing as well. Um, because nowadays it's it's always about, you know, telling those stories because people want to know why'd you do it? How did you get into this? What's the meaning behind it? Because, you know, this, the industry is so, everybody makes t-shirts nowadays, but what really makes yours connect with people in that audience. Um, and it could be, sometimes I might just see something that just looks tight and I'm just like, all right, I'm about to make this joint go crazy. You know, whatever color, if it's like a vintage tee or something like that, I might want to remake it and put D17 on it. But, you know, it's, it, sometimes for me, it's day to day. Sometimes it yeah. might be something I remember from when I was a kid playing, I don't know, Crash Bandicoot or James Bond or PS2, or even if it is looking at like the old tight faces of like, you know, what Sony was doing in Xbox and Nintendo. And it's like, well, how can I flip this to look like it is for me or something like that? You know, I think I think being able to take into the, the things that you like that really influence you. Like I, I look at like I, I watch a fair amount of wrestling, right? And mm. independent wrestling, they get into they're doing their own t-shirts and you get to see a lot more of their personality because really what is going to, and it's an extension of what you were describing. Everyone's doing a t-shirt. Everyone's doing a this or that or what have you. It's the same thing with podcasting. What personality trait gets you over mm-hmm. more, more than the next person or what have you. If they're sometimes cost comes into play and all of that stuff, but really it's what am I getting from a personality standpoint? I think so going back to wrestling, the wrestling scenario, you may see a wrestler that it's like, yeah, I have this 8-bit version of myself on a t-shirt. Oh, snap, you're a video, you're a gamer. Yep. I'm going to buy your shirt now. Mm-hmm. Or is that a Dragon Ball Z reference? I'm going to buy that. And, yep. you know, you're, you're, you're there for it. So, you know, being able to harken back on things that you can honestly speak toward and know in terms of what you're doing and as far as maybe where your inspiration comes from, it's like it, telling that story, you keyed in on it. Like, if you have, let's say, a piece that comes out, like a shirt that comes out, and it's like, this is inspired by this part of Baltimore. Right mm-hmm. there, you have a baked-in audience that's like, I bang with that. Mm-hmm. Or I, I talked to um, I talked to an entrepreneur recently, and within the, the menu that he has in his, his juice bar, he has items that are named after landmarks in Baltimore. Oh, wow. It's baked in. Mm-hmm. It's baked in. So that's part of that storytelling i think like and someone goes to that person's menu sure everyone has juice mm-hmm. everyone is doing cold pressed juice people on that that plant-based kick but it's like no one has something called green mount no mm-hmm. one has something called like you know patterson park so being able to kind of pull into that what's the part of the story that makes that personal connection that that's the thing that's, that's key there oh yeah definitely so so shifting gears a little bit let's let's talk about you know, you're into, you know, 
almost six years at this point. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, 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 and launching that original, that soft launch, let's call it the soft launch of uh, D17. But what advice could you give someone that's in that spot where they're artistically inclined, but they don't want to go out there and like say, I'm selling art, but mm. they want to be in that spot where they may be designing and maybe branch off in more of a, an apparel kind of space, like, like kind of doing a version of what you're moving into or spending your time doing. I would definitely say, and this is the one thing that I would tell myself when I started, is always be extremely open to collaboration and don't be scared to ask for help. Because I think a lot of times with either if it is jumping into apparel or kind of those young designers that it, it's kind of hard because you don't want to ask someone like, hey, where are you getting your stuff made? Where are you getting this? How are you finding this? How are you finding that? Because the hardest part is, is making the thing like you can think it, you can put it through, you know, Illustrator, you can you can do all that. But really making it tangible is definitely something that, you know, being able, whether it is you know, looking at your classmates or looking at a friend, because you might have someone that they're just starting in photography and you can say, hey, do you want to, you know, shoot my first lookbook? You might have a friend that is really good at designing websites. Like, hey, do you want to design my website? Do you want to be able to take some of that pressure off of you? Because everyone has strengths and weaknesses and being yeah. able to really collaborate and pull things together. Now, I'm not saying you'll have to go out and get rich together and all that stuff, but sometimes, you know, it could be they're developing their portfolio. You're trying to develop your brand in a way, you know, it could be being able to, you know, if it is working with the designer, you might have the idea, but someone's really good at, at doing it on the computer, you know, being able to ask them like, Hey, you know, can you help me make a logo? Can you help me do this? And, you know, let's get away from the part that it's like, you have to be a jack of all trades, you know, like, oh, I have to know how to do website. I have to know how to shoot video. I have to know. And if you do, great. That's awesome. Cause now you can really speed things up. But, you know, as you start to go down the line, if, if, if the way that the brand that, you know, whatever, you know, a young kind of artist is thinking is really building that community, it's great to also be a part of it as well. Um, you know, even if it is small stuff, I remember um, back at Towson, there would be people wearing, you know, apparel and going to like BSU meetings, or if it was uh, protests on Freedom Square, if it was, you know, a, uh, so my friend Kasim, he's an amazing musician. I remember he was wearing stuff when he was performing in, uh, you know, some of the open mic nights on on campus, you know, being able to see it and people are recognizing like, you don't have to, you know, title as a collective or anything, but people are starting to recognize like, oh, this is someone that's within our community. They're making something. You don't have to beat Nike by tomorrow. But, yeah. you know, being able to see like, hey, this is someone that we can uh, relate to. This is someone that we can say like, hey, I know this guy, you know, he's doing this, he's doing that. And I remember uh, with my friend Cassine, we were going all up and down because I used to do, uh, you know, cover arts and marketing plans for him. We were going all up and down 95. We were going shows at Auto Bar. We were doing stuff, down, yeah, <laughs> you know, all yeah. the way to Locust Point for like the random families. We're going to D.C. We're going yeah. everywhere, you know, just trying to really touch those audiences and see kind of also where the product will do well and know where it yeah. won't do well because, at the end of the day, you got to sell something and really kind of getting those really learning those audiences. I wish I knew a lot sooner. Um, and I'll kind of keep this short. No, no. The reason why we got it, D17 got into the athletic space is because obviously like, you know, I was an athlete and all that stuff. I originally made the first release to be kind of fashion, you know, this hype brand, like a Supreme or a Bape or something yeah. like that. And, you know, I made the shirts, whatever. I did a little pre-order, sold me like 30 or 40. I'm like, okay, I'm getting somewhere. I I did my soft launch a year ago. Yeah. Now this is the real <laughs> launch. And I remember one of my friends, she sent me a, um, a photo and, and she's like, oh, I wore your shirt to the gym. It's so soft. It's great. I was like, it's not a gym shirt. It's, it's supposed <laughs> to be, you know, something you wear like when you're going out or, you know, trying to be that kind of like fashion forward person. And she was yeah. like, oh, I didn't know that. I thought it was a gym shirt. I was like, mm, wrong. Then. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, then I looked back at myself and I was like, I, I don't think what I was trying to portray it really fit me. They looked at the brand as a reflection of me versus what I was trying to push out. And they, you know, they knew me from you know, playing sports or whatever. And then being able, I was like, Hmm, I'm understanding the audience, 
Mm -hmm. thinks that we're like an athletic space and we still do it. We do kind of both like a 50, 50. Now I know that I can start tackling, you know, those basketball players that I knew back in high school. They're now playing, they play collegiate somewhere and they're coming home or something like that. Being able to tackle those runners that I knew those, you know, now it's like I'm tackling those golfers that I played with when I was 16. I'm, you know, now everyone wants to golf. And then they're like, I'm like, okay, well now I got stuff, hats or whatever that I can really speak to those audiences versus trying to throw stuff out there and think that it's going to be for everyone. So it's kind of like, it's kind of what they call um, um, like beachhead marketing. So it's like, if you throw a pebble in the ocean, you're not going to see the ripple. If you throw the pebble in like a little, you know, after it rains, like a little puddle, you'll see the ripples because it's a smaller audience, but you're really putting it in there and seeing those ripples. So you can't try to, you know, throw something out there and be like, oh, we all love it. We don't know what it is. But if you can really refine and make something thought out and strong, then you can really begin um, to sell, whether it is a product, an idea, podcast, YouTube channel, or whatever, you know, your medium of choice is going to be. Yeah, no, that 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 makes sense. Yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe, a lot of stuff. Maybe, no, 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 no. Maybe maybe there they, maybe there'll be a lane for for podcaster hats or something. Little D seventeen, little rub, you know. Hey, I'm down. I'm down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, but I I think that that's that's big. When I think often we going going back to the one thing that you said that I, I took a lot a lot from was the um well I took a lot from most of the stuff that you said, but I, I think the when you're starting out. And you have this this pressure to know everything. And oftentimes, I think when you're an entrepreneur, you don't. You, you don't have the resources and so on. Now, granted, if you, like I'm, for the most part, a one-man show, right? So mm-hmm. it's when you bring in someone that's a contractor and you bring in someone that's going to su- help support what you're doing, if you know a lot, I think another caveat to it is, cool, you know how to cross-train. You know how to, mm-hmm. you know what you're looking for. So that still takes time. But I think it's still you want to free yourself up to be the face, to be the creative direction. But when it comes to the hands and the fingers that are actually pressing the buttons and doing the work, you can't do all of the things. Yeah. Unless you're Dr. Manhattan and we're not Dr. Manhattan. You see, I threw a pop culture reference. In there yeah, already. it was it was definitely one of those things that kind of I'll say that definitely shot me in the foot kind of starting out because I was like, oh, you know, you you begin to have a little bit of that imposter syndrome where you see someone else in the area doing the same thing, or you, you can't, you can't go look at Yeezy's website and say, I'm going to do that. Unless, unless you are like a super, you know, savant, you knew how to code for a long time, but you can't, you can't get all the way to point B without starting at point A kind of a thing. And I know for me, I was like, Oh, I want to make it look like this and this and this and this, and I'm going to make designs like this and this and this fabric and this fabric. And it's like, you you begin to overwhelm yourself because at that point it's almost too many ideas. You have to really, you have to really be able to take a step back and and like really recenter yourself on what is your purpose and then extend from there. Because I think, when we get into multiple things like like for instance i go back to um it's uh it's an interview i did a while while ago with um jarell from creative kid and the way he framed it he was like i'm a hat maker and really it that's the where the starting off point but literally what he does he's upcycles old polo stuff oh wow and and turns old polo shirts and things of that nature into like hats It's like you're almost underselling what you're doing to simplify it so you don't get lost in your own sauce. You know what you're doing, mm-hmm. but when you're able to simplify it, it's like, look, I make, like if, if, if I were you, like, I make dope clothes, hard stop, mm-hmm. and then move from there. It's like, but what kind of clothes are they? That at least opens it up to the continued question, right? Like, what mm-hmm. kind of clothes are you making? Eh, some people wear them in the gym. Some people like to wear them on the runway. I don't know what to tell you. That's you, you fit whatever you want to do. I mean, like, you know, if you want to be the sneakerhead and kind of put it on, cool. If you want to be, you know, doing burpees and deadlifts and all that, you can put it on there too. But, you know, like you just said with, you know, having someone and really knowing your specialty, it's like, I make hats. Like you can go crazy. Like the brand, like Eric Emanuel, he's really good at making shorts, but then he takes the shorts and uses that brand recognition to say, okay, when I can start selling t-shirts, I can do collaborations with X, Y, and Z, because now you know kind of what that, I guess you could say 
I feel like a lot of people get away from it, those essential items mm-hmm. versus it not being the basic items. It's the, this is what we're good at. Like, you know, McDonald's is good at burgers and fries, you know, you know debatable, debatable <laughs> but, but you know, but they know yeah. we can, we can sell a lot of burgers and fries. And now, you know what, we're going to throw some milkshakes, you know, we're going to throw some nuggets. We're going to throw, you know, tomatoes and cheese on it. So it's, it's like, like knowing, knowing when, when to scale. And I think that's, that's <clears> that key thing. Like, for instance, like right now I do three podcasts outside of like going this one. I do one that's uh, a movie review one. And I do one that's like pop culture and um, news and knowing where to turn, how to, what, what, what each thing requires. And really I can do each one of them because I know each one of those areas. Like I kind of pick movies that I enjoy. I am able to schedule out and be able to do interviews. But if I'm like, I don't know where I'm going. I just need to get this interview here. If I can go over here and do this other podcast. And it's like, mm-hmm. you're like, you touched on it. You end up getting overwhelmed. You're like, I don't know what I'm grasping for. You feel like you're drowning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it definitely. I know just being able to just really like, you know, put the blockers on and really see, like, even if it is, I know when I was starting, I was like, my first launch, I was like, I'm going to make five really good shirts. And then just kind of go from there. Then it's like, okay, now I'm going to make, you know, three really good long sleeves. I can really tell these stories. I can really push through these kind of narratives that I'm looking to get to versus trying to think like, okay, I'm going to make seven hoodies, six shirts, two pairs of socks, you know, uh, uh, I don't know, water bottle, this, this, this. Then, then you're like, okay, well now I have to, now I have to tell a story of the shirt, the pants, the water bottle and this versus just really kind of pushing one thing. But like you said, you have to know when the right time is to scale, because then if it becomes too large, then you're like, you you really want to put a hundred percent towards a lot of things versus being like 40, 30, 10, five, you know, and then kind of going from there. So it really just depends on the person. If you, if you like doing a whole bunch, then cool. I know me, I like to really focus in on one thing. And if I can really put together for me personally, four really good things, two mains and accessory, and then kind of, you know, whatever I feel like it, then, then I'll go from there. And then it really gives me enough time. A, I can push one thing and allow it to sell the others, or it could be just, if I want to sell it together, I can, I can sell the package versus just yeah. the disc on the inside, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I got a question about sponsorships and I have a question about, um, let's, let's talk about, and this, this is good. I think this is brief. I think this is a brief one. Mm. What is your most important tool as a creative? I think right now over, I, honestly, this might sound weird right now. My most important tool is Instagram. Say more. It's crazy. It's everything from working with wristband bros on like our wristbands. It's one of our like staple things that all the releases have wristbands that we kind of change out. And it's cool. People just like to wear them when they like go out and throw them on. Um, you know, D17 was recently on Complex Magazine and Complex Style. Uh, we were on a show called The Mail Room with Rax Hogan. And it was um, you know, they were doing up and coming brands and he would rate them and the fans would rate them and everything. Uh, and I got mostly that from I, I DM the dude that was the assistant producer on the show. I just DM'd him on Instagram. Like, Hey, I, it was good. <laughs> yeah. It's so many earlier stuff. Um, a real good friend of mine, China Kelly, she's a, you know, a bottle and creative out in Los Angeles. I, I literally, sent her an email and we're, you know, we're close now. I was like, hi, Miss Kelly. Nice to meet you. My name is Terrence Diggs, an inspiring entrepreneur from Maryland. I'd love to be able to send you. I remember I sent so many emails, just kind of shooting those business shots and and just really seeing what's out there. That's how I'm here. I I literally was listening to the show and I was like, Rob Lee, who is this guy? Let me look around. Let me see. Okay. Schedule an interview. Let me look at it. And I was like, Hey, I'd love to schedule. Oh, go to the link, bada boom, put it in. And you never know where things can really go because sometimes like I, like like we mentioned before, you don't know what other people are kind of doing at the same time as you. Um, and I know recently over the summer, like the hot sauce art collective. Um, so I ended up helping sponsor one of their pop-ups, um, alpha. I I went to college with them and and I just, I just DM'd him. I was like, yo, we always been in contact. And he was like, yo, you want to be a part of this? I was like, 
sign me up, man. Like, you know, being able to just really now push those conversations that they can yeah. both be informal and together. Like I found a lot of my first printer I found on Instagram. I just looked at them and I was like, all right, hey, my name is Terrence. Here's my email. Like, here's my budget. What can we do? And even some of those, you know, if it is printers or something, sometimes they'll be really nice to you. They'll say, hey, like we see you're a small business. We'll we'll print you a run of 25 T's and go from there. And then you kind of build those connections. And I remember I was, um, you know, working with shops that were huge. I was working with shops that was just one guy and I'm coming to his studio and he's just one dude, just, you know, screen printing or doing embroidery by himself. And it just was like, Hey, I love what you do. Do you, you think you want to make some stuff for me, help him out? And you kind of, like I said, begin to, to build those connections together, whether it is professionally or someone you knew from, from school or, or being able also to use Instagram, not only as your portfolio, but really as a way to listen. Cause now I use it a lot. If I'm, if I'm designing something and I don't, I, you know, if I don't feel a hundred percent confident about it, I'll put it, I'll put it on the brand's page story and I'll say, Hey, like, what do y'all what think? What y'all feeling blue or, or burgundy, you know? And then yeah. you can kind of get a feel about what the audience likes versus trying to trying to guess what it is. Um, social listening. Yeah. Right. You just, cause sometimes the, the more you listen, the better you can make those strategic kind of steps versus trying to guess what they want and then really kind of going from there because if it is something you see that's hot it might be you know people are posting you know if it's sneakers or shoes like a colorway that they like you can really say okay how can i invoke that into my process so it's not like i'm copying but you can kind of see where these nuances are kind of repeating and how you can make it tailored to you or if it is something you know, if it is reaching out to influencers, I've, I've DM'd a lot of people on Instagram and I'm just like, Hey, can I send you a hoodie? I, you know, I'd love to just send you a hoodie. I sent one, um, to my friend Yami in New York and she made a TikTok, and it's got like 15 million views on TikTok. Nice. And, And that was just, it wasn't me trying to get something back. I just truly, she had dope style. I was like, yo, you just want a hoodie. I'd love to just send you one. I think you would look good in it. And she, you know, went to made a video on herself, but, you know, being able to make those connections, there's still people that I still talk to them. Like, Hey, you know, taking it past, like, if you need anything, you let me know if you want to design something, need my help or something, let me know. It's, it's not more or less just like that one-to-one trade, but it's crazy that it literally starts sitting on Instagram and you'll see someone and building that connection. And then yeah. either you're growing together or you're just collaborating. You're, you're touching new audiences. They're seeing your audience and, going from there. Collaboration is important. Um, I, like one of the things that I want to transition into, like I have sponsors, I have uh, just different opportunities that come there. But for me, it's like, I, I don't, I'm not trying, people ask you, are you trying to do this as your full-time thing? No, no, I, I enjoy doing this and I don't want to be attached to it that if I need it to stop for whatever reason that it's going to be that much harder. I enjoy doing it and I want to keep that the way that it is. But one of the things that comes out of that's even more enjoyable is to be able to speak in the language. Like this is my artistic expression, right? So if I'm able to work with somebody who in a collaborative way that, Oh, well, I'm doing this, this art piece. Hey, can I just hang out in the studio and watch you do your thing? Sure. That, that is what matters to me. Those are the experiences that's more valuable to me than money or any of these things. It's that collaboration thing. Or if someone's like, Hey, I'm designing this cool shirt. I want to do an exclusive colorway for you. Hell yeah. Let's do it. Let's make it happen. And, and, and that's the, that's the, that's the type of conversations I want to lean into versus just, hey, send me this or send me that. I don't need any of that. People want to speak in that language of, hey, I'm going to comp you for this show. I really like what you do. That's great. But is there a way that we can really show a really strong connection and a relationship and build off of that moving forward? And some I have, you know, and others it's like, we can do something with this. It's like, make this make sense. So even if it's a bakery, hey, you know, when this episode drops, yo, can you put out a limited run cookie that's just, this is my favorite type of cookie. And it just shows that it's a relationship there. And some people kind of get it and understand it. And part of it is the level you're on too. So even going back to the the thing you touched on in terms of um, maybe an influence, right? Like, mm-hmm. oh, that's the colorway that I'm looking at. It, it It's hard because 
sometimes with the the sheer size we may be at right it's mm-hmm. like I like that colorway. I can't put that out immediately. It's no way I can put this out immediately oh, yeah. so from a supply chain standpoint. I just can't oh, do it. God. If you, if only we had spoke two days ago, because I uh-huh. was, I was going crazy over socks. Literally. I was like, do I want to sit on like 500 pairs of socks that I'm not even rocking with? Or do I want to really try to piece it through? And like you said, it's like, yeah. you know, sometimes you got to look at the face of the world. Like, you know, if it is something with COVID related, like obviously some of our other stuff got on hold because I wanted the events to be more community based. But yeah. even when it was like, um, you know, helping resources with, you know, it could be cancer awareness, it could be, you know, education, it could be, you know, other business, you know, hubs. I know a D17, we've, we've donated a lot to, um, you know, District Rain. They're in Washington, D.C. They're a youth uh, soccer academy they're kind of getting their season back up and really kind of pushing it there and we did an exclusive jersey for them for the yeah. for their dc cup we um columbia fc they're out here in, in columbia maryland we sponsored them and you know helping them getting their season back up they you know they want to want a championship with my name on the back so i'm That's like dope. okay you know things like that and even you know even small stuff it could be something so tiny like i once made a jersey for my kickball team you know, but it's so yeah. cool because it's like, yeah, this is kind of our thing. And people see it and they're like, man, I want to kickball jersey. I don't know how it happens. But that, that's, you know. that's, the, that's one of the things like in, in the ethos of what I aim to do here is like I, I had this meeting recently and it was talking about like doing a rebrand and things of that nature. And mm-hmm. the logo that I have, I got it done by an artist here, a Baltimore based artist. And I was like, that aligns with what I want to do. And I like the artwork. So I'm keeping, I was like, so if you come to me saying, if we, we want to change it and do this, you have to make a really compelling argument. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my thing is I could have went to anyone. Like I've always reached out to like local brands, like how can I do this, but with you guys and it may not work but at least the attempt is there. And mm-hmm. it's like, this may not work right now, but at least the attempt is there. It's always thinking locally, thinking collaboratively, and then moving out um, if, if needed. Because ultimately, if someone wants to buy a shirt or someone wants to buy a hoodie or a hat or whatever, then it's like, I could have that here. And I've spoken to a few small businesses that, oh, we'll carry that. Just send us a bunch. Sure, let's make it happen. Mm-hmm. I'll go through Red Bubble or Teespring or whatever, and here, here you go. You know, mm-hmm. make sure the quality's on point. But really, it's about you know finding out a way to do collaborations. And I will say be- before I move into my rapid fire questions, see, that's almost the that's almost where we're at here. I got two pieces of artwork that got done specifically for the podcast. Oh wow! And uh, it was this, this dude, uh, Jim, um, Jim Duran, who, who does these um, dioramas and he takes these Altoid tens and he like paints and does like dioramas, cutouts, the oh, whole wow. situation. That's amazing. And he did one with my like, logo and all of that stuff. It's a thank you for being on a podcast. And it was another friend of mine, uh, Jax, um, who who's a rock painter. She mm. uh, paints rocks and she does like a lot of local and she's really good. She does a lot of like local businesses and their logos, <laughs> but on like these like nice rocks. Mm. So she did one with all of my colors on now. It's just like Rob Lee It's super coated. It's it's fire. And um, see if I can show it to you. And oh, that's sick. Yeah. And, <laughs> and that's and that's what she does. So when something like that comes in the mail and so on, it's like this is this is the type of bartering this is the type of relationships i look for and it's like either like i don't like i said i don't care about the money components like i'll pay you for this i just like the the opportunity to exchange in that way it's like i have something from you that shows that connection you know Mm -hmm. yeah definitely i know some of those small even if it is small wins if it's huge wins like i know being on complex was like that huge win that's a win that's a win right there and it was great because i knew i knew that i was like you know if it, if it is Baltimore or, or Maryland, like I got to put somebody on the map so people they'll know, like, you know, even if it is going in the city or, you know, it's such a mecca of creatives of all types and walks of life, whether it's, you know, going into music, whether it's fine art, digital art, you know, being able, you know, we had the luxury of having Under Armour down the road, but it's like, you know, being able to see and really push like, hey, I know a lot of people. And that was one of those things that, um, you know, kind of growing up that, you know, people always try to, oh, I'm from Atlanta. I'm from, 
New York. I'm from Cali and, you know, I'm from Columbia, but, you know, I've always, my family's in Baltimore. You know, I went to school in the County, always played in the city and everywhere. And I'm like, you know, if I, if I can really attach myself to a city, I was like, I gotta, I gotta go Baltimore. It's, it's the only way I, I can't, I can't try to step away from something or try to be like, Oh, I don't want to, you know, like, Oh, I'm just from Maryland. I know people start fighting between DMV or X, Y, and Z, you know, kind of yeah. different spots and avenues. But, yeah. um, you know, being able to now starting to be like, people like, Oh, I'm a creative from Baltimore. They're like, Oh man, you, you must know, you know, X, Y, and Z. Do you know, you know, you know, do you not do this? Can you do that? Do you know this guy? Have you been here? Yeah. I'm like, yeah, you, you should know that there's, there's more out here, especially, you know, where we all live and seeing it grow and seeing it develop. It's just like, now, now everyone's going to try to get on the wave with it versus trying yeah. to, um, you know, now they want to, you know, might see it on TikTok and people are saying, you know, this is, uh, you know, Baltimore people and all this stuff. But now it's like, you know, low key, they're like, man, I wish I wish I had my 990s. I wish I could do this. And, <laughs> and then now they're like, oh, you know, that's a Baltimore thing. And then, you know, all those fights and disagreements. But it's like, you know, they want to be in it. They don't. They step back. They're in it. It's just it's a mess all over the place. <laughs> I, I, I want the question to be. So have you been on Truth in His Art yet? <laughs> That's a real Baltimore question. I want that to be the thing. Um, before I get to the rapid fire questions, I want to ask you this. And let's 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 be mm -hmm. brief in this one, because I think I know the answer. Um, let's talk about new ideas. Mm -hmm. um, often we, we have an idea and we get married to it. And it, kind of what I was talking about earlier, where I know that there are some hard stops. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm sticking with my artwork. I'm open to it, but you got to make a compelling argument and we, we have a vision. And, you know, so with that, how critical are you are, are you of your own work and how does that affect what you're doing? Like, all right, I'm a little too critical of this is stupid. Why did I do this? And mm. has there been a time where you had to like pivot and really like scrap a whole idea? I know you mentioned the socks and some things that have oh, happened with, yeah, you know, uh, pandemic and all. There, there's been times, there's been times that I have an idea, like in my mind, I'm like, okay, let's do this, 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 this is what I need for the packaging. This is what I need for the shirt. I'll do this. And, you know, I might look at it in hindsight that, you know, once you're really starting to get into the business side, you're like, I, I don't want to blow the budget. I don't want to make something that looks like you're kind of just jumping on the wave of what's hot now. Cause then I feel like a lot of times people can really determine like, uh, this isn't quote unquote original. You're just kind of riding what's available now. And you're just kind of jumping on what's there. A lot of fraudulent Yeezys out there, those wave runners or what have you, a lot of fraudulent shoe wear. Yeah. People, you know, if it is shoes or shirts, like I'm, there's sometimes, you know, people see like that looks like fear of God or, or that looks like, uh, you know, something like that. People will start to, they'll start to pick it up a little bit, but. Fear of Muhammad. That would be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta love it. But I know there's certain times, um, I, I think at this point I'm super critical of my work, but that kind of comes back from like my formal design training and everything going through critiques and it's harder now because you don't have like a cohort with the going through rounds of reviews and stuff like that. Um, but now more or less, it's kind of like my peers, even if it is like my friends, I'll, I'll send something to them and I will be extremely blunt. I'm like, look, if this, I was about to say something, <laughs> if, it, if it ain't hot, please, this is tell, me, please yeah. tell me, don't, don't cushion it. Oh, bro, this is cool. Nah, if it's not hot, please tell me because if it's, because I don't want to make something. Cause then, you know, like as a creative, as an artist, when someone's like, I love this, you're like, Oh, I've got it. This is the greatest thing ever. I have to put yeah. it out, but then you might put it on the website, whatever. And then you'd be looking at that Shopify ticker, like, and that thing ain't going up. <laughs> you know, and then, then you start looking back, like, could I have made it navy blue versus the cayenne red? And then, you, you know, those little things start picking in my head. And I'm like, oh, yeah. I should have I should have made it a short sleeve. I should have did this, you know. So I think really now and, I, and I'll kind of keep it short. If you yeah. got to If you got to scrap it, it's not a bad thing because yeah. you might. There's been times that I've scrapped an idea and then I went to bed and I woke up and I saw something on TV and I'm like, oh, this is it. Mm -hmm. I'm glad mm -hmm. I, I'm glad I saw this before I went with that old idea. Or you might like even the, you know, the designs I'm working on now, I saw something on Instagram at like two in the morning. And I was like, man, this, this color combination goes crazy. And I'm like, I'm glad I saw it. Now I can kind of get into it. 
Um, Cause you never know day by day influences being exposed. Certain things change so quickly. Like I might see a logo on a, on a delivery truck and I'm like, man, what is that? And like, I could flip that, you know, this way and this way. But it's like, if I didn't get up, decide to go to Chipotle and I saw that delivery truck, you know, that, that's how I, that's how I start getting stuff sometimes for, you know, I might see kids if I'm going for a walk and they're playing, they're playing, you know, basketball or something. I see them and, you know, what shirts they're wearing. I'm kind of looking at like, okay, they're all kind of having this style. They're all either wearing, uh, you know, Pumas or Nikes or something. I'm like, okay, maybe I should make something along those colors or along these specific cuts, maybe more baggy, maybe more fit. You know, it, it really just depends. But I would definitely say if you got to scrap it, scrap it. If you have to pivot, do what you need to do. But sometimes if you really fall in love with something, just just go with it. Because once the passion starts to get into it, you really begin to to love the process a little bit more. It's rapid fire time. That's the only way I can really put it. I'm ready. So I'm ready. The way that these rapid fire questions work are, I'll ask you a question mm. and the answer is what the answer is. It's like, I said what I said. All right. To the book. <laughs> you, don't have, you, you, don't, you, don't, you don't have to give any extra context or anything because people, they get, they get, um, they, they get really like really protective of their decisions and like, well, I like this. It's like, because blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, if you like it, you like it. That's all that really matters. Mm. All right. Under Armour uh, trainers or ASIC trainers? That is a hot take question. Oh, right Lord, you, you lucky my contract just ended, but <sighs> <laughs> trainers, trainers, yeah. I'm going to have to go. I'll break it in two parts. Stylize, ASICs, performance, oh. Under Armour. That's legit. That's legit. If it's performance, I, I've, I've worn Under Armour my whole life, but ASICs, they're a little bit more better for me, like kind of style-wise, but... Whatever comes, the fat tires go crazy. Though I'm not gonna the, lie, the, those sneakers I was telling you about, the ones that got ripped, they matched with this. Um, what is it? This uh, North Face backpack that I had. They were like the same mm -hmm. colorway, and I was like, "Yo, I'm really mad that these shoes got ripped." Uh, They're like black with like almost the uh, Colombian flag accents. I was like, mm -hmm. "Yo, that, that favorite Jordan." That that's a good rapid fire first one. I, favorite favorite Jordan. I would yeah. have I would have to say. The Carmine Jordan Six. Damn, I like the I like the color blocking on them. That was like the first one that I really loved. So it's funny because the D Seventeen logo kind of looks like the color blocking of a Jordan it, Six. It, it does. So, I, I was wondering if that was intentional. Mm -hmm. um, I think my first pair of Jordans were the original Eights. Mm. That's that shows you one. I'm old too. Uh, <laughs> that's, a, um, that's a good one though. I, I rebought them when they re released the retro. I was like, all right, good. <laughs> um, now, because I see what's in your background, favorite Marvel movie? Favorite has to be, which was it Spider-Man Far From Home? Is that the one that had, they, they went to Paris yeah, with, yeah, the, yeah. with the new Tom Holland? I like him. He, he's, he's good. That's, um, good that's, that's probably my, my favorite one. A little bit newer, but I'll, no, that's, I'll, that's a good one. I'll stick with it for a rapid fire. <laughs> uh, this is this one is going to be an interesting one. Tell me a nickname your parents used to call you when you were little. Oh my gosh, a nickname <laughs> they used to call me when I was little. Now you could be like me. I never had one. I didn't. I didn't have a nickname when I was little. <laughs> so, so my mom used to always call me Little Richard Pryor <laughs> because I just be saying some funny stuff a lot yeah. of the times, and I always and I, I'll keep the explanation short because rap fire. I've always, she's always told me I could be on TV, but I don't think I could be on like a TV show. I think I'm, I'm sitcom funny, not TV funny, <laughs> you know, like family matters. Like I, I couldn't, yeah, I can't be, I can't be Urkel, but I can be like Urkel's buddy that says one word, but everybody knows. Uh, that, day player. Yeah. That, that would be me. <laughs> I, I feel like I had the same energy. Like I want to do um, a Baltimore version of Atlanta, but it's like, I'm not Paperboy or Earn. I'm just kind of like a guy that's around. It's like, yeah, that's Rob. We buy the um, the burgers from. That would be. That's all you need. Just just that one. They always, everyone always remembers like that one character, like Fresh Prince. You know, everybody knows yeah. Jazz. How yes. he got there, I don't even remember. But we know that he was there when he got. You're oh, watching wow. Martin. You know, bro, man. That's that's the situation. Mm -hmm. uh, last one. Uh, this one, I hope you pick wisely here. Because uh, I'm very invested in one of these items. Okay, I'm ready. Anorak or hoodie? Oh, Lord. 
I'm invested very much in one of these items. It's, it's been part of my aesthetic for probably 12 years. And a racker hoodie. I think I'm having I'm gonna have to go with hoodie. Only because it's a little bit more versatile. But if I really want to step it up, I go with the anorak. I'm a big fan of anoraks. Like I've I've had I've had two of them. I had a Nike one that was just black. I wore mm. that to the end. Mm. It was, and I have this camo one from Under Armour. It's like this different shades of tan camo joint. Mm. It is part of everything. It's like burgundy goes with because it's a midtone. Mm. It's like so many different things go with it. Yeah. But yeah, I'll just throw that on. It's and then it's kind of like lightweight too. So it's like mm. I can roll this up, put it away, bong. But here's the kicker. I'm I'm a big fan of the pullover hoodie with the anorak uh-huh. on top of it. Okay. I okay. like I like a little double layer sometimes. Um because okay. I'll do that if I run because I I have like the the Under Armour, I think it was like the Charm City run hoodie and then I put like my D17 running anorak over top so it's like I know I'm protected below but I can flex on the outside so yeah, it's yeah. like you know I'm here for it I'm here for it gotta That's love great. it That's all the questions that I have so I want to leave the um the floor open to you um please um where, where can he find you on social media um to check out more of your stuff check out your brand and um maybe say hi Yeah just What's up, everybody? I hope you enjoyed the episode, Rob. I, you know, I, I I was a fan of the program. It's it's crazy. Some of the other episodes, and we'll probably connect offline to how I found it, which is pretty funny. Um, but yeah, if you want to follow my personal stuff, it's just D Seventeen Terrence on all platforms. If you want to find the clothes, it's just D Seventeen Clothing. Um, you know, we keep it pretty simple. Just. Go see what you like. If it's anything there, I, I've been slacking a little bit, but now that I'm fully in this entrepreneurial kind of step, uh, I'm making some exciting things. I'm hoping, you know, taking a lot of the from my days at Towson, from my days playing sports, from my time at ASICS, really piecing that all together um, and really telling my story. So it's great now to really see how our running club has grown. It's great to see how our athletics has grown. It's great to see that, you know, jumping back now into my art side. It's crazy that I wish I had it. It's in the back, actually right there. I have a sketchbook and I've, it, and I've been sketching, like, I, you know, getting back to that just childhood, whatever comes to my mind and putting it together. Um, and, you know, just, Stay positive. If if it's anything with sneakers, Rob, I'm I'm so hurt putting me in that situation because now you know I, I still need that Under Armour collab at some point. But you know my Asics friends, hopefully they'll still hold me down too. But you know I do appreciate being on the show and uh, you know just thank you again. I I really do. It was it was fun. This has been the funnest one I've done. So. This has been great. So um, for for Terrence Diggs, I of D17, I am Rob Lee saying that there is art, business, fly, clothing in and around Baltimore. You just got to look for it. <laughs>